You're listening to the Run For Your Lives podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Daphne. And I'm Pake. And this is the Run For Your Lives podcast. This episode, we are talking about the comedy horror film Ready or Not, directed by Matt Bettinelli Ulpin and Tyler Gillette, released August 19th, 2018. Yeah, it is uh, comedy horror for sure. It is uh, real tense and it's got some definite like gore and tension vibes, but then also there's the dark humor and <laughs> the comedy and stuff, which I love. If you listened to me and Rima on strange indeed back a little while ago, covering you season three that uh, we love the dark humor and dark comedy for sure over there. And I know it translates to a lot of the stuff that me and Daphne cover right here on run for your lives as well. So <laughs> It does. We like the dark and twisted stuff. Uh huh. Pake, we're back. We are back. Of course. It's been a break. Yeah, we had our little break. Lots of traveling, lots of fun things. Uh, even though, <laughs> should I should I ruin the illusion and, and break? <laughs> no, break? just pretend we've already been together. Just pretend we've already done things. Uh, yeah, when we're yeah. recording some of this stuff, maybe we haven't done them. But let's just say, I am sure Fandemic was an amazing time with everyone. And we had an yes. awesome time. Yes. And all of you came to see us and you were such big fans and said, oh my God, that's the Ren for Your Lives people. And you gave us hundreds of dollars because you love us. That's what happened, right? <laughs> uh- <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. Uh-huh. You know, uh, it's uh, positive thinking for the future past. Um- yes. <laughs> <laughs> You guys know this. We record these during our little hiatus. <laughs> we start recording episodes immediately. Uh, Peck and I have not had a break. Like, we recorded last week, and we're recording this mm-hmm. week. And these episodes, we just keep going. Although, we're going to get a little bit of a break next week. And at Fandemic, we're going to have some time together, which we'll probably tell you about at the end of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again. So much insider thought on how we record these things, but it's fun. Uh, I don't ever mind breaking Mm -hmm. that wall down. Uh, Yeah. So between now and then, I will have gone on some trips and traveled and done some fun things that when you're listening to this, I've already done it. But, you know, that's how it goes. (laughs) And Pake will share those things at the end of the episodes. I will just ask him to do that i'll remember to ask him to tell us about some of these trips that he's going on and (laughs) things that he's doing and yeah i think we talked about it's gonna be a busy month march is a busy month yeah for both of us so i feel like we are just continuing to do our best and stay on course (laughs) (laughs) and and with that just stay on course. <laughs> that um, <laughs> We've got a movie to cover. We talked about it. I, we, we brought it in. Ready or not, which hopefully you've seen that if you're listening. And it's so much fun. So I can't wait to break this down and talk about that one. Cause yeah, you know what, so, Pake? Yeah. Um, I actually put the wrong year in. It's 2019, isn't it? 
It is yeah. 2019. I thought so. I thought so. Yes. So instead of like re-recording it, we're just going to go with it. Yeah. And I'm just going to tell you, I screwed up on the dock this week. So <laughs> it's not a problem. These things happen. Mm-hmm. So you can listen to it right now. And I say, released on August 19th, 2019. And then you can pretend that's what I said the first time. Yes. We're going to use our imagination today, kids. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've missed you guys. We're glad to be back. We're glad to be publishing episodes again. And yeah, there's a lot to talk about with this one. One thing I wanted to say is this movie came out in the same year that we got some fantastic other films like Dr. Sleep and Crawl, Us, which is mm-hmm. a fantastic movie we need to cover yep. soon. Happy Death Day to You, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, In the Tall Grass, It Chapter 2, Ma, and The Reimagined Pet Cemetery. A lot of those I have seen and even yeah. recorded about in different, either on here or on Strange Indeed. So. I know. <laughs> oh, that other movie came out too, Midsommar. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that one. I didn't like it at all, <laughs> even though it starred... The delightful Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. I was, no, I'm not in. I don't want to cover it. I don't want to talk about it, <laughs> but I wanted to mention it here. So who knows? We might end up having to sometime. No, Pake, don't make me. Please don't. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what the future <laughs> past future holds. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So something that didn't change or we're going to steer everything back into right now is a little bit of behind the scenes information. Not a lot for this one, but a few things. Um, it was filmed at Casa Loma in Toronto, Parkwood Estate in Oshawa, as well as the Clareville Conservation Area in Ontario, Canada. I have seen Casa Loma. I have not been inside it. It's a beautiful, beautiful structure in Toronto. Yeah. It is... Um place where chris evans beats the shit out of uh michael Sarah and scott pilgrim uh- <laughs> oh no i thought we were safe no we never never safe <laughs> um- <laughs> i should have run this through a special filter <laughs> i did i forgot to run it through the scott pilgrim one yeah uh yeah i've got to try harder with that mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> <laughs> So the script for this one was written by Guy Busick and Ryan Christopher Murphy. The budget was $6 million, which is not a lot for um, a horror film or any film, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, $6 million is kind of a baseline to me. It did gross $57.6 million in the box office. It was 95 minutes long, which makes it the perfect movie to just chill out with in the evening. Yeah. Pick. Bring us a synopsis. All right. A bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. Oh, yes. Yes, they do. (laughs) And it's not checkers or chess or old maid. No. It isn't family ritual or abracadabra or LaBelle's Gambit, any of those crazy board games that we saw in the opening credits. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a fun game of hide and seek. Yes. (laughs) It seems harmless at first. 
But given the faces of all the people around the table, you could tell it meant a lot more than just a friendly game of hide and seek. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So let's talk about that, of course. And as we like to uh, kind of go character focused, I already know this is going to be another one of them that we were like, okay, we'll start on this character and then we're just going to dip in and out of everybody else's arcs as we go. And then that'll be it. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm okay with that because it's how yeah. it works sometimes. Definitely. <laughs> we have a loose <laughs> style. Uh, <laughs> you know, we have to start with grace because she is the queen of this movie yeah, absolutely. in so many ways. And all she really wants is to have a family. Like mm-hmm. we learned that so early on. She's happy to be marrying into this dysfunctional family just because she hasn't had a family. She was a foster child and it was a really sad upbringing, it sounds like, from what information we were given. And Samara Weaving and the way that she portrays Grace, it just makes her so easy to root for. Yeah. Right from the beginning. And plus it's Samara freaking weaving uh i know <laughs> here we go i know i was so excited i was just like <laughs> anything she does is is great um i mean we covered mayhem last season and that was a blast <laughs> i know i need to find more movies with her yeah i'm gonna have to like go check out imdb and find some more that connect with our theme so we can cover them more because she's just fantastic oh yeah she plays a badass heroine like i mean it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you talked about a little bit that she's marrying here, her character, Grace, marrying into this wealthy and let's say eccentric, as <laughs> the synopsis said. Yeah. That's one uh, word to use. Uh, this family who is the, the Ledomas family, who is built on a board game dynasty empire. Dominion. Sorry, no, they prefer Dominion. Dominion. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And she's marrying Alex, who is the youngest, well, not the youngest, he's the youngest brother, the younger brother yeah. from the opening of the movie. We see him and Daniel as as kids. And then, of course, Emily came along a little bit later after that. <laughs> oh, Emily. I have some notes oh, about yeah. Emily. <laughs> <laughs> the unintentional comedian of the family, where everything goes wrong yeah. when it comes to Emily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot there. Why does this keep happening to me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Man. Exactly. Oh, so good. And of course, the best part about Grace and Samara Weaving playing her is just doing all the badass shit while rocking a wedding dress. Yes. <laughs> and co- yellow Converse sneakers. Mm-hmm. Like those sneakers. She takes her heels off. She does want no horror movie heroine does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She takes off her heels and puts on these sneakers. They're a heck of a lot easier to get around in than those shoes she was wearing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Wedding dress still causes a little bit of problems, but she takes care of that. She does. <laughs> Funny thing about that wedding dress. They made, I think it was 21 versions of that dress. Oh, wow. For the various like points in the movie where... First, she, you know, they did. Like, she tears her dress when she's getting out of the dumbwaiter. She's stepping on it when she's walking, so she tears off all the pieces. They really did. They had, like, 20 or 21 pieces, like, different versions of that dress to basically represent (laughs) the different 
phases that Grace goes through in this nice. movie. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's here, and it <laughs> the wedding goes pretty great. Uh, the family seems to just be real cold and weird to her, uh, except for, for Becky. Becky likes her, the, the mother figure. Aunt, creepy, yeah. creepy Aunt Helene, however, I don't think she likes anybody, so can't really judge that. <laughs> well, when you get married to someone you love and they're killed in front of you in part of a ritualistic manner, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'd probably be grumpy as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But yes. Uh, but the, the, the wedding night, instead of your, your usual kind of activities, um, instead <laughs> we get uh, the tradition of the Ladomas family. Just you gotta play a game. Yeah. What is this saw? Uh, no, but yeah, it's time to play a game. And, and yeah, usually it's uh, you know, something easy. Checkers. Uh, old maid. Old maid. Yes. <laughs> something, but uh, something simple. Every now and then, you get the unlucky <laughs> pull of hide and seek. Yes. <laughs> and Alex didn't tell her any of this ahead of time. But he did try to steer her out of it. He had to propose to her because she was going to leave or she would have left if he hadn't proposed. I get the impression that he really does love her, but he should have told her something. Even that they had to play a fucked up game, anything, because she goes into that room thinking it's one thing and then finds out she's fighting for her life. Yeah, she's just like, oh, we're playing hide and seek. It's whatever. <laughs> these these weirdos are taking it a little seriously, but well, okay, when in Rome. Uh, but yeah. Her faces. Then, they were so stunned yeah. when that came up. Yeah, uh, but she learned what the game was really about in a pretty horrific way as she's hanging with Alex in the bedroom. And Emily just comes on in and blasts Clara, Clara, the uh, housekeeper, <laughs> right through the head, thinking it was Grace. And then while Grace is hiding with Alex, realizes they're hunting her. Supposed to mm-hmm. only wound her because it's all some part of some ritualistic sacrifice. Uh, <laughs> yes. So that's quite a reveal that uh, she was not ready for at all. I don't know if mo- most people would be. No, and I don't think that the family had done this. I don't think that card had come up. Only maybe that one time with Helene's yeah. husband, Charles. Yeah, 30 years ago was the last time. And yeah, because uh, Becky was there. I think she used to fire those arrows into Charles back then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's the only time that it ever happened that since she'd been in the family. Yeah. And a lot of these other people who had married into the other siblings had heard about it, knew it was supposed to, like, could happen, but didn't expect it to actually happen. But they seemed game. <laughs> <laughs> what pieces of work they were, too. Oh, man. Charity, which is Daniel, Alex's older brother, his wife, uh, she's all in. She's more into it than Daniel is. She's ready to yeah. do anything she has to do to be part of this family. And by that means... To have the money the family has. That's what she cares about. She doesn't give a crap about her husband anymore. And she makes it pretty clear. She's like, I do this because I want everything that comes with it. It's like, oh, your love for me? No, no, not really. No. Just the money. No. (laughs) 
And Fitch, who's married to Emily, he's not quite as dysfunctional as she is. Yeah. But he's still a piece of work. And I love that actor. Christian Byrne is, he was on Orphan Black Mm -hmm. and was fantastic. He also has been on this season of Snowpiercer. He's, He's just fun. And he knows how to make even the creepiest things a little bit funny. Yeah. Yeah, Fitch is, he's, they're not sure about Grace, the whole, like, day leading up to the wedding, but, like, but but Fitch is in the family. He made the cut, yeah. so, uh, yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> there it is. I think the difference is <laughs> that Alex is looked at as the man to continue the mm-hmm. family, and all of the traditions, and rituals, and all of that, and I don't think they were worried about Emily, I think they were probably like, oh, Emily got a husband. Okay, and he can walk and talk. <laughs> All right, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Fitch is kind of a dipshit, but... uh Yes. But I think, yeah, Emily is just as much, if not more, than her husband. Uh, uh, she is on coke, like she's snorting so coke. Cocaine-addled wild woman. Just... Yeah firing off guns and then losing them within seconds yeah. <laughs> all I the can't time find my gun i can't find and my she gun. just keeps killing the hell um yes <laughs> yeah why does this keep happening to me i don't know maybe and they and you know what they they <sighs> support her she goes to daddy and he gives her a hug mm-hmm. i know honey i'm sorry you know and at one point fitch even says to her let's go take a walk maybe maybe find an edible to even you out a bit yep (laughs) okay there you go yeah (laughs) uh, grace is a star compared to some of the people in this family she really is right i mean obviously she is horrified uh who wouldn't be but she once she realizes like this is what's going on and I can't do anything about it. Then she steps into gear and is like, well, I'm going to make sure I survive. I'm going to do everything I can. Uh, yeah, even when she's dealing with different people. Um, luckily the person she runs into the most is Daniel who really doesn't give a shit about any of it. Uh, he kind of no. does like he, he has to do his part and alert the family, but he is like, I'll give you a 10 second head start, you know, but he, he just refuses to be the one that actually does it. But they, they're all kind yeah. of like, he would be completely out of it and not care about it at all, except for the whole curse thing that is in the back of his head that he still kind of believes in. So, <laughs> yeah, and he wants to protect his brother. I, I mean, right from the beginning, we kind of see that because he has Alex go into this cupboard thing, yeah, to hide because he doesn't want him to see. He's he's protected him, yeah, as much as he can. Even though then he's the one that rats out the guy, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the kids in this movie. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to Georgie in a bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I remember too. He said to he said to Grace. He said, "This doesn't end well for you. I just don't want to be the one to serve you up." Yeah. Because he didn't really want to, but he counts so slow too. One. <laughs> one went that. Two. Two. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like twenty seconds just till he got to like three. Right. So yeah, it was a long way. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel. At the end of the day, not so bad a guy. But we'll talk about that. 
Uh, we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. But Grace, again, like I said, just stepping up when she knows she has to, chooses to arm herself. Shit gets real. Uh, of course, the gun that she chooses has ammo that is not functional. Nope. But, Display only. Yeah. But at least it's just the butler she's having to deal with at that point. And I mean, she deals with him quite a bit, but at that moment, you know, it's nothing a teapot to the face won't take care of momentarily. <laughs> what she really needed was a blender. Yeah. <laughs> Blender would take care of that. Yes. See yeah, how well that she works. needs to channel a little Aaron mm-hmm. to take care of that. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Stevens. He had an obsession with Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture. He did. Like he was humming it, and then later on it makes an appearance, and I'm thinking, <laughs> humming, whistling, singing, whatever. Yep. Called him the whistling All wonder. About it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Very into it. Yeah. Celebrated a little too early, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> mention the housekeepers. Uh, the first two were taken out by Emily. However, oh my gosh. The, the last one, um, I would say it was kind of great, but really not Grace. Uh, she yeah. tries to rat Grace out after she tells him, you know, they're looking for me, not you. And then she's like, oh, she's over here. And then she kind of dumbwaited herself. So she did. Yeah. Um, Emily tried. She couldn't find her gun. So, um. Fitch gave her the crossbow, mm-hmm. which he had been looking up on YouTube how to fire it. Him sitting in the bathroom on watching a YouTube tutorial <laughs> kills me. It is so funny. It's so great. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Which she immediately fires through the mouth of the woman Tina. walking into the room. Like, yeah. yeah. Of course, which that's that part of that, that dark comedy is kind of that scene. Which is great. I mean, Aunt Helene <laughs> keeps getting interrupted by the dying sounds of Tina, and then they're arguing about what actually counts as murder tradition in this family. It's just like, yeah, this is so messed up, but hilarious. <laughs> she got so mad that uh, she took the axe, went over and like put her out of her misery because mm-hmm. she couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. She's like getting interrupted because yeah. Aunt Helene, she was no joke. Right, man. I just had another Scott Pilgrim quote. <laughs> oh, no. You are blowing up right now. Um. Oh, <laughs> Should we do an analysis between the two movies right. and see if How we can connect e- them even more? Exactly the same somehow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's another podcast mm. with a creative title that maybe you come up with. Yeah, that's our next podcast is we take other movies and compare them to Scott Pilgrim. Every single episode is us comparing Scott Pilgrim to another movie now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. That could be interesting for one or two episodes, right. but after that, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Where where were we? Because I'm jumping around. I told you I was going to, so yeah. I knew it was going to happen. I feel like we have to go back to Clara just for a second. The first victim of Emily to say that she was everyone's favorite. Yeah. She was Fitch's favorite. She was Tony's favorite. Like, they all loved her. Mm -hmm. She was great. Yeah. But even then, they're like, oh, well. Uh (laughs) Let's move on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, to talk about the the teapot and all of that, with Alex's help going in and dismantling all the security measures and all of that, Grace is able to escape the house and Mm -hmm. then see somebody with a flashlight. So, she's got to hide in the barn. And oh. turns out to be Georgie, who's Emily and Fitch's son, older son. Um, and Grace is happy. She's like, oh, thank God, it's just a kid. 
And then he shoots her through the hand. Shoots her in the hand. So he oh. knocks his little, just she knocks his little punk ass the fuck out. Uh, just oh, yeah. wham. Um, she was defending herself, kind of. I mean, she really was. And while this is all going on, Fitch is in the house googling packs with the devil, real or bullshit. I love that too. <laughs> <It's so good. laughs> and his friend is text is texting him too at the same time. What's up? And he's just yep. like, "Oh yeah, family." Who would have known that some of the best comedy like beats of this whole movie would be Fitch's cell phone? Uh- <laughs> I know it's just the best. Ugh. Man, yeah, so she, uh, burn, like I said, <laughs> Grace dispatches Georgie and then is scared by a goat and falls into what they refer to as the goat pit. Um, yes, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, goats and human bodies. Mm-hmm. I think Charles was in there. Yeah, his body was in there. Because yeah, we kind of see that. Um, all of the times that. I don't know if it's like just any time somebody marries in or like if they have to do it yearly or whatever, but I think every time a new person comes into the family, yeah. but it's been 30 years. Yeah. So but if it's not hide and seek, there still has to be a sacrifice. It's, it's just a goat. Sometimes. Yeah. It's a goat. <laughs> Ugh, I would not want to be a goat on that farm. They need to let the, I'd be the one letting the goats out. <laughs> let them go run. <laughs> do you wear your Darth Vader outfit while you do it? Yes, okay, probably. Good. good. Uh, no, maybe Princess Leia. <laughs> yeah, that might be better. <laughs> yeah, um, but her following in and then getting out, that is, uh, okay. Here's where I'll talk about, okay, the real stuff that messes with me, where it's not funny anymore. Um, it's the kind of body horror stuff I don't do well with. I think I've mentioned it before on this podcast a you number have. of times. Like, all kinds of gore. I can sit there and watch while eating a plate of spaghetti and not bat an eye. I don't care. But there's just certain things. It. I think I've nailed it down. Nailed it. I didn't even mean to do that. Um, <laughs> oh but it usually God. is something like that. Like, think a quiet place. It's the fucking <laughs> nail in the stairs. It's, it's stuff like that. It's the things that would be yep. really, really excruciatingly painful, but not fatal in any way. And those are the kind of things that he be my jeebies. Um, yes. I just... Yeah, so her whole nail being getting caught on the bullet hole that Georgie just shot through her hand. I'm like, nope. Like literally by instinct, I like cover the screen with happen. my hand, and I'm like, I don't need to see it. I know what's happening. I don't. I don't want to watch. You knew it. it was gonna happen. Yeah, you knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> just like the nail on the stairs in a quiet place. Uh huh. You knew. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then again, after she goes running across the yard, which Charity sees, and then. You know, can't get, it doesn't even come close with this long distance shot and this gun that was not even made in this century. Uh, She says, uh, (laughs) but yeah, she gets there and she's trying to escape through the fence. And then again, I'm like, and then as you watching it just slice into her back as she's squeezing through the Mm -hmm. fence. I'm like, I don't, I don't need that. I, why? Why do you do this to me? Another version of the dress. Another version of the dress. (laughs) At that point, it's pretty gross looking. Uh When she makes it out, though, Tony, oh, my God, who, who was the father? Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel's taking everything so nonchalantly and so relaxed. And Tony's just like, do you think this is a fucking game? <laughs> and Daniel had some of the best lines yeah. in this movie. says, yes, hide and seek. Remember? Mm-hmm. Love that. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. while while uh, poor Grace is out on her traipsing through. The woods mm-hmm. after getting find... ignored by a douchebag in a car. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. 
at that point, they've decided that uh, they can no longer trust Daniel or Emily for anything. So they send them out to to carry the maid mm-hmm. to the goat pit. Yeah. And, and Becky says to them, take the maid to the goat pit and pumpkin, try not to kill anyone else. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm just like, oh, man. Because they did baby her. Like, she's been completely, like, sheltered and babied her whole life. (laughs) And then Daniel has a good line that kind of is a little foreshadowing. Where they're talking about, like, this whole curse and all of that. Where he basically says, like, you know, I I don't know of all that. It was whatever. But he goes, but if it is true, like, basically, like, well, maybe we deserve to die. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, he also talks about if he'd been a better brother. Like, yeah. if he'd looked out for Alex more, he wouldn't have let him marry Grace because he deserved a better brother. Yeah. Again, you start seeing these little things like, man, eh, maybe Daniel's not, not so bad. Uh. I don't think, yeah, I. it was interesting because I feel like with the two brothers, they set it up for you to immediately assume things. And then in the end, it was different than what, I thought. Yeah. But, uh, back to Grace. Um, again, running from Stevens in his car and with his music. But uh, she he does end up catching her, but she is a fighter, chokes him out, steals his car. Uh, he's still alive, able to catch up with her because of Justin the Trip Safe guy ruining everything. Uh, just <laughs> Well, this has been... <laughs> the car's... <laughs> been reported as stolen so i'm gonna have to shut it down what the fuck it's like the justin <laughs> hello justin <laughs> is there anything else i can help you with yeah you can go fuck yourself justin okay uh, <laughs> i didn't count but i wonder how many times samara weaving said fuck in this movie because right. she, uh, she probably did a fuck ton yes a fuck ton of fucks <laughs> <laughs> oh it's great and then yeah, yeah with that car being shut down, Stevens is able to catch up with her, tranks her, and is bringing her back to the house. But like you mentioned, he celebrates a little early as she wakes uh, wakes up and then makes him crash the car. Crawls out of the wreckage only to once again run into Daniel. Yes. Funny, I came out here to escape the madness. Thanks for crashing a car into my tranquility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then because Tony is there and he's still playing the long game kind of, which it's not really because even he says, like, you know, she's like, I, I, I knew you would you would help me. And he goes, well, I didn't. So it seems like yeah. he's just kind of flying by the seat of his pants. with yeah. all of this. Too. He doesn't really know because I think he believes, but he doesn't believe he's just not sure. So he hasn't seen even though the proof is there that people in their family who haven't followed the rules have died. Yeah. So I think he looks at it like, okay, it happens. However, I really don't want to kill this girl. Mm-hmm. But he, he does what he's got to do in that moment. Knocks her out. They do take her back to the house. But then that's when they say, we are less than an hour away from dawn. And we still have to do the ritual. <laughs> <laughs> Not the ritual with the Jotun. No. This is a different ritual. I don't think they could finish watching that movie before dawn. Um, (laughs) Definitely not. And that's where Daniel really steps up to where he he makes that decision, though, uh, is they have her tied down, uh, you know, ready for their satanic sacrifice in full swing. 
And then Daniel decides at some point to do the right thing and poisons their wine slash probably blood. Uh, <laughs> they're drinking. Yeah. And, and they all start throwing yeah. up blood. Yeah. Which he says only will make them really sick and isn't going to kill them. So. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean. I think he said something like it'll make them shit weird for a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which lets her get away for a little bit, but not not that long, unfortunately, because they run into Charity, who is willing to just shoot and kill her own husband. Uh, yeah. But then, yeah, Grace, super badass, takes her out, at least knocks her out. That's the thing that I noticed about Grace is even though she's going against all of these like psychos, she actually never intentionally with her own hands kills anybody until Becky. And I do think Becky liked her. Mm-hmm. I do think Becky liked her because she was different than the the vacant people that her other children had brought right. home. <laughs> you know, she had a heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because most people she just like, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Stevens died in that car accident. But yeah. again, she wouldn't have known 100% if that's what was going to happen. No. So really, but with everybody else, I mean, either they die by some other service or she just knocks them out. Whether it's Georgie mm-hmm. or Charity or uh, Papa or Tony. Uh, Papa uh, <laughs> <laughs> him right in the head with a lantern a couple times. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, with her fight with Becky, that's when she kind of finally just snaps and smashes her head in with the curse box. Yes, I think that's a great use for it, mm-hmm. don't you? Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I did like, though, too, not related to Grace, but part of this, we get to see this side of Becky where she goes to see Alex. Mm-hmm. You know, wanting to know why he left them, why he didn't stay. To be with the family and um, he said it had to do with one night he was chanting and slicing the head of a goat and it occurred to him that it wasn't normal and yeah. what scared him the most was it felt normal. And he realized that his his mother would do anything for the family and you'll do almost anything if your family tells you that it's okay. And then he met Grace and... Her being the opposite of everyone in his family, you know, it made him think, oh, she's good, so maybe I can be good, too. Yeah. And he says, if it comes down to you or her, I'm going to choose her. Yeah. I think he does love her. I mean, I think, you know, he's serious. I He did try to give her a bunch of outs. Like, we can get yeah. away from here. We can. We don't have to be here. We can leave. Yeah, of course, maybe the best out would literally just be, hey, um, yeah, if you marry me, then they're going to make you pull a card, and if it says, uh, <laughs> and see, my family's going to try to kill you. Yeah. Um, you know, that would have been the out to really yeah. give her. Uh, you know, his yes. excuse there is, you know, but if I would have told you, you would have left. Well, fucking duh. Maybe yeah. don't have a psychotic family. You know, that's the whole thing is, you know, he played along with it thinking oh well there's no way she's gonna pull that card but even then just like fitch or charity okay so they didn't pull that card when they married in but then they still learned what the family does and then they were okay with it what makes you think that okay so she pulls old maid cool but then she finds out that you still have to sacrifice goats constantly and praise and and hail satan she's probably not gonna be okay with that still uh 
No, no. Even though he didn't seem as into it, he wasn't really into it. It's his family and she did deserve to know. Yeah. And he just didn't tell her. Although, pick if someone said to you, oh, yes, we're getting married. And oh, by the way, you have to draw a card and my family might try to kill you. Would you think they were off their rocker? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how do you. How do you have that discussion? Do you plan a candlelight dinner and you sit down and you have a nice meal and then you say, so I've got to tell you about my strange murderous family who sacrifices goats and sometimes people in order to have all the things we have in life, including our money, our company and everything. <laughs> I mean, how do you have that conversation? Right. <laughs> I don't think you do. No. Like, I don't think it works. You just stay single forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> or I don't know what, what are the, uh, parameters of this curse? If you like leave the family and like change your name and give up all your wealth and start fresh for your own, do you get out of the curse? How does it, you know, what, well, what, what's the fine print? You know, <laughs> I don't know. However, once we get to the end, I have some ideas <laughs> about the end of the movie. Yeah. Say what, or, so, you know, what, what could he have done? Cause that's, you know, at first, you're thinking, why would he even bring her here? Just like she says, just get the hell away from your family and elope with her and go get married somewhere else and be like, yeah, I don't talk to my family anymore. They're a bunch of psychopaths and we just don't have anything to do with them. We do our own thing. That's what you do. Yeah. But then it's, of course, he's still convinced that there is this curse that if she doesn't play and isn't part of it, then they're both going to still die somehow. Yeah. Well, because that's what's happened. Mm -hmm. They listed off a bunch of different relatives who had had some issues. So I'm, I'd be willing to bet something weird is going on. I mean, something was weird was going on with this family anyway. Right. <laughs> They're eccentric, but beyond eccentric. Yeah. So where were we on? Okay. I like to jump around. It's okay. Yeah. I feel uh, like in some movies we have to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So she is yeah. caught again. That's where I was at with her. Uh, and then back to the, the table. Uh, but again fighter all the way and she's able to kind of wiggle free and keep alex's stab because alex has you know completely <laughs> turned on her because that's kind of once everything really goes down then he kind of has this moment with her where he's just like we're not going to be together after this no matter what anyway and it's like uh no you're a psycho no. just like the rest of your family and he has that kind of moment he's like well well if that's the case if she's done with me anyway then i might as well you know Go, you know, play on the side of caution that this curse exists and actually go ahead and go through with the sacrifice then. <laughs> yeah, you could see on her face, too, when he came in the room and he says that her, like, even just before that, he starts to walk towards her and she steps back. Like, mm -hmm. she's like, she wants nothing to do with it. Yeah. So, yeah, he's the one that's going to, to deal the final killing blow, but she wiggles free. I think he just, like, stabs her, like, in the shoulder or something. Yeah. She's able to pull off the table, grab the knife. That's when she goes full in. Has the, the most unique scream I have ever heard. Uh, you know, I love Samara Weaving, but uh, that was different. <laughs> yes. yes, it was. Um, all right. <laughs> I don't even know how to like describe it. It's just like, that's a sound that a human body can make, I guess, that I learned today. Um, yes. <laughs> Something new. Mm -hmm. These movies teach us so many things. Right. Like, so many things yeah. we never imagined. The family gathers around her, and then they realize the sun has come up, the time limit has passed, 
And at first, nothing happens. And the entire family feels like maybe the stupidest people in the history of the entire universe. Uh, but then creepy Aunt Helene is like, well, the girl dies anyway. And then she goes. "Just." I feel like it's because they were planning to kill her. I think because Helene was ready to kill her. I mean, I think LaBelle had decided, well, she made it through the night. I think he kind of. That was part of the thing. Mm. Like don't go after her don't try to kill her like leave it alone <laughs> and then everyone starts spontaneously combusting making a big bloody mess yeah and grace is surprisingly having a good good old time with it she's laughing <laughs> she is she's laughing like <laughs> and it isn't a laugh like haha it's funny it's just kind of like this nervous Whoa, what the fuck? What the fuck else? Right, exactly. Is happening. I guess this is real. Normal. Uh, yep. And then of course with Alex <laughs> at the end, like he he he's not taking me, I'm good. And then just that moment where she pulls off the ring and Alex yep. Yeah. I want a divorce. And that's all it might took. might be the record contender for shortest lived marriage ever. And I think that fact yeah. just blew Alex's mind. It and, did. And maybe everything else on him too yeah uh (laughs) Uh, yeah i wonder about this and i was going to ask you your thoughts do you think had she not said i want a divorce that he would have lived i don't know because i also wonder like well technically she's a part of the family now does the curse you know go to her or does she have to carry the bloodline first or you know be part of it and since she never was you know i don't know I don't think so. I kind of think had he remained pure of heart, not pure of heart, but if had he, had she, I just have this feeling because everyone else was, was like combusting and then he didn't uh-huh. like right away. So I'm wondering if maybe he might not have, if she had not divorced, like said, I want a divorce because as soon as she took that ring off, he was gone. Yeah. Um, and then there's this one point where the fire gets really big in the fireplace and he just cut the bail appears and he looks at her and he kind of nods. Yeah. Like approval. And then he'll, he'll let her live. And I love that she's, yeah. she sees him and realizes all of this whole crazy ghost story, ancestral curse <laughs> is completely real in all ways. And she just sums it all up with fuck, which I'm like, yeah, no, that, yeah. <laughs> that is the yeah. word for that's everything. Like, uh-huh. fucking, what was it? Everything was fucking. Yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, she, you know, what was it? Fucking rich people, fucking, <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was having, that was a common thing for <laughs> her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me playing any video game. Um, no. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever... Well, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. You usually win any games that we play. (laughs) So you never have to swear. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. But yeah. So, I mean, that kind of sums up Grace and the movie. But I'm sure I've got a few other notes to just talk about some fun stuff. But do you have any more to really talk about her character? No, I feel like we nailed Grace. Yeah again with we, the nail. why really why did. did you have to bring that back to mind why did you have to do that to <laughs> no. uh, i had to do it on purpose 
Because I know that it winds you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to think just kind of other notes that I have. Because I have, um, let's see, I think Alex, I might have probably already talked about a lot. Of course, I mean, at first he wants nothing to do with this. He's can't stand his family and their craziness, but that belief in the curse is enough for him to still come back and let all this happen whenever the, uh, she, whenever he marries her. Uh, but then immediately once he realizes, Oh, that's the card of the pull and we're doing this. Then he does everything he can at first to, to try to help her escape, goes to her to tell her what's going on. And then, gives her the directions through the the hidden passageways and inside the walls of where to go. And I'm going to, you know, turn off the, all of the uh, security locks on the doors and windows and things and let you get out of here. And yeah. Yeah. And then he, he does. Okay. Up until Tony and Daniel break into the, <laughs> that uh, room there, the camera room and, and knock him out, which again, I don't think, Daniel really was the plan because even Tony says something like that. It's just like, what are you doing? It's like, I distracted him for you. But I don't know. He he felt bad. Daniel felt really bad in those moments. He he didn't want any part of this. He didn't. He was so far removed from it. Like he he didn't want anything to do with it. And Alex even said, told his mother, we're out of here tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. we're not staying here. We're yeah. getting out of here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that you talked a little bit about the conversation between Alex and his mother. Um, which, you know, he's even much as like, you know, you kill her, I kill you. He's still very into it. Uh, like, or, you know, very against what's going on and, and into this relationship with grace. But then, you know, even saying like, you know, I'm, if you, if it comes down between picking between you and her, I'm picking grace every time. But then her yeah. speech that she comes back to him with, I think she got in his head for sure. Yeah. I agree. I did like that Becky was the kind one at the start of the movie with Grace because she even tells her stand tall and fuck them because Grace is a little, I mean, she's nervous. This is her wedding day and she's having these creepy family photos that just seem strange. Like everyone's expression, her expression, and they're telling her to smile, but really smile and not a fake smile because she's just kind of like <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to trying to smile, but it wasn't natural. Um, but yeah, this was a good one. I really like this movie because it has those elements of fun interwoven. I mean, we we get Fitch. I mean, and he was yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Not crazy Aunt Helene, who you can tell is extremely bitter. So yeah, it was- but it's it with her with with Helene. I I feel like her the reason she is the way she is is because, like you said, like bitter and maybe angry or about because the last time that card was pulled and this had to happen was because was was with her husband that she had just married and she had to lose him. Yeah, and I think instead of being like angry and bitter in the way that well, I'm done with this family and I want nothing to do with it. Instead, she goes in the opposite direction of like, well, if that's what kind of kind of justify her own participation in mm-hmm. it being like, well, that if, if that had to happen, then I'm going to devout, you know, devote myself to this because mm-hmm. if I'm willing to have to go through with it back then, then I'm not letting anybody else off the hook. <laughs> no, because she lost the love of her life. But then she also talks about, I wish I'd killed him myself. 
because mm-hmm. that's what had to be done. And that seems so cold and heartless. Yeah. She liked her axe, though. Mm-hmm. She was really good with it. It's kind of a cool axe. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, All the tools. Everything was old school. Yeah. Like guns and crossbows and yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't give Emily any type of weapon. Mm. I'm not sure she can. No. She'll find a way to <laughs> screw it up with anything you yep. give her. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> She's the worst. <laughs> um. <laughs> Why does this keep happening to me? Yeah. Oh, so great. Uh. The, the the part of the curse where they all die, uh, Tony refers to it as the eradication clause, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> I like that term. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He even curses like, well, not curses, but he basically says their great grandfather, Victor, said, you couldn't have figured out something better. Yeah. Why did you have to do this? Mm-hmm. One thing we didn't mention is when she, when Grace is hitting Tony with the lantern, she ends up setting the house on fire. So yeah. when she does come out at the end, it's like this glorious fire in the background. And she's all black from blood and who knows what else mm-hmm. is on her. Right. It's really gross. And she just sits down and has a smoke. And the um, paramedics come or police come and ask her, you know, what happened? And she's like, in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> so simple. Mm-hmm. So simple. Works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think, because I've got a few little notes if I've just got some, like, quotes or little things that I liked. Uh, kind of at the beginning, right before the wedding, uh, Charity, during, like, the, the wedding photos, and Charity talking to Daniel while they're getting their photos taken, but, but, you know, but she'll never be one of us. He goes, of course not, dear. She has a soul. Soul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that one, too. She's... Great. Uh, Aunt Helene having her boundary issues. <laughs> like, just <laughs> showing up in the, the bedroom there. Uh, You'll have to hide better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, not a quote, but just something. Uh, I, I, I called this, uh, it's a most dangerous game style human hunting, but except the hunted isn't even told that's the case. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then I think we've talked about most all of the other ones. Yep, we did. I have nothing else that we haven't already talked about. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we have done everything. Yeah, we've been through everything. Awesome. Daniel, oh wait, I have one more quote. One of Daniel's. When he said he says to her, it's not too late to flee. You don't belong in this family. I mean that as a compliment. Uh, and that was near the beginning. And it's true. Like, she's such a great person. Yeah. I think they were happy that Grace had kind of brought Alex back to the family. But then everything went horribly wrong when they sat down at a table for a friendly game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's it. Cool, cool. That's a fun way to uh, come back and start off season four. Something a little... I don't know if light is the right way to describe this movie. Yeah, no, I don't think it's uh, light. I mean, for me, I, it kind of is in a lot of ways. It's got the, the, the humor and stuff. But but at least yeah. it's it's something that's uh, pretty simple, easy, not too long, not too difficult to really break down and talk about a lot of nuances. It's just, like you said, it's at, at an 
hour and 35 minutes. It's something real fun to just kind of watch and sit down and enjoy and enjoy. We definitely did. And then enjoy talking about it. We definitely did, but it's, it's not something that's going to take too long to really, you know, trudge through. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We wanted to bring you guys an easier one to consume in the first episode of season. What season is it? Oh my God. It's season four. Mm-hmm. Season four. Season four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if we are done with notes and covering the movie, then I know you've got some extra production notes and fun stuff that you've got that I always love to see what you come up with. So. All right. Well, I have some fun ones. The script went through about 20 different drafts. The estate indoors was filmed at Casa Loma in Toronto. It's designated as a heritage property and is a museum that's open to the public. You can take tours of the building and learn about its history. You can even walk through some of the secret passages. And you can learn about many of the films that were filmed there, including the X-Men franchise. Mm -hmm. And another movie that's like the best that exists. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going there again, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Because of its heritage property designation, there were rooms that you were not allowed to light any candles, but then they also couldn't touch half the furniture or decorations. So they had to be extremely careful with what they were doing. But could they do a grindy thingy on the rail over there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Probably not. Oh, oh, dang. (laughs) (laughs) The outside of the Ladomas Mansion was Parkwood Estate, and that was used in Billy Madison. Uh, 17, it was 17, not 20 or 21, different versions of Grace's wedding dress were created by the costume designer Avery Plews to show the progress of Grace's night and how her clothes correspond to her attitude. She was badass and Mm -hmm. had a no-fucks-to-give attitude, so... I think that was captured quite well. Samara Weaving did not know how to drive, so they had to teach her to at least look like she's driving. <laughs> they only had five candelabras, so they had to keep moving them around to the different rooms. That's fun. The film's writers, Guy Busick and Ryan Murphy, have a cameo as the crossbow experts <laughs> in the YouTube video. I didn't recognize Ryan Murphy. It's not that Ryan Murphy. Oh, it's a different Ryan Murphy. It's a different Murphy. Ryan Murphy. That would explain yeah. it. That, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, I feel like he would stand out. I feel like if I would have yes. seen him, I would have He no. does. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> does. Not the Nip Tuck and Mm-mm. American Horror Story Ryan Murphy. Yeah, no. Oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> so the games in the cabinet are Family Ritual, Secret Council, LaBelle's Gambit, Sunrise, and Abracadabra, which kind of looks like a Ouija board. Over 200 fictional board game names were submitted for consideration but those are the only ones that they ended up creating mm-hmm. grace's yellow chuck taylor sneakers were actually custom painted for the film as converse no longer makes that color the masks that the ladomas family are wearing at the start of the film are a nod to the 1965 twilight zone episode the masks which was about a dying aristocrat who makes his greedy adult children wear masks that identify with their ugly inner personalities in order to receive their piece of the inheritance. Margot Robbie was 
considered for the role of Grace. And I found that interesting because there's always folks comparing Samara Weaving and Margot Robbie. Yeah. I can see that, though. I understand why. Yeah. Badass. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ladomas Family Empire board games is based on game manufacturers Milton Bradley and Parker Brothers. Searchlight asked them not to go too crazy with the fog, but they got a little carried away because they love fog. <laughs> the Goat Pit was the only set that was built for the film. Grace originally dies in the earlier draft of the script after being successfully sacrificed by Alex and his family, but the producers changed it to Grace surviving and her in-laws, including Alex, being killed after failing to complete the ritual before dawn. I much prefer this ending. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Grace deserves this ending. She was so good. Um, It's heavily implied that Grace is rejected by Mr. LaBelle for two reasons. One, because she, her motive for marrying Alex was love, not money. That would make Grace's soul more difficult to attain. It's also mentioned that both Charity and Fitch had no issues selling their souls in exchange for the material, whereas Grace longed for a family. And Helene draws comparison between herself and Alex, both resisting their destiny by trying to leave the family only for Mr. LaBelle to reject their spouses, forcing them to stay. Mr. LaBelle may have sensed that Grace's innocence and purity would lure Alex away from continuing the tradition and disown the family. That makes sense, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why Charles and Grace were pulled into that crazy game. Andy McDowell ad-libbed her hilarious line, Holy Dick. (laughs) And director Matt Bettinelli-Open directed the 2012 film VHS... And he, along with Tyler Gillette, co-directed 2022 Scream. And screenwriter Guy Busick, who worked on this film, was a co-writer of that Scream script. Interesting. So the three of them worked together on it. And that, Paik, is all that I have. All right. Lots of fun stuff on that one. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's a fun movie that I haven't really revisited since it first came out, so... That's always fun to do that, to rewatch movies that I enjoyed. And then, you know, when they come back up, be like, oh, yeah, that's a great one. And then to watch yeah. it again, like, oh, I remember why I thought this was great. We always seem to pick those. Like, we always come up with, I think, the right movie at the right time. We just figure out what we're feeling and do it. We try to plan ahead, but sometimes we just switch things around based on, you know what? I'm not feeling that this week. Let's do this one instead. Yeah, <laughs> it works. Speaking of that, we haven't heard this in so long. I know. Interesting to see what other people are feeling about this movie. So let me answer and see what they say. All right. So we got a little bit of feedback this week. Welcome back to feedback for the new season. Always excited. And um, we didn't decide exactly how we're going to do it, but let's say you take the first one. All right. I will do that. So Alma Contreras says, oof, it's been a while since I watched this movie. I do remember I liked it. All right. Glowing review from Alma. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. It's good. Yeah. I hope you uh, rewatched it for the podcast or do rewatch it soon because, man, this movie is a lot of fun. It really is. Samara Weaving. We've talked about it a million times. She's just amazing. Yeah. 
which speaking about that kind of ties into what our next feedback is here from Damien. He says, I haven't seen it yet, but I just watched the trailer and it looks very good. I'll listen to your podcast to decide if I watch it and welcome back. Thank you for the welcome Thanks, back. And yeah, it's interesting. I know that we have people who do that, that listen to us first and then go into a movie, which to me sounds bizarre because I'm like, no, I, I I can't be spoiled about things. I need to go <laughs> in and watch a movie. But other people are different with that. And I, I have to respect that. Um, so hopefully after listening to this episode, Damien, um, you have taken away the thought that we highly recommend you go watch this movie. Yes. It is a ton of fun. I hope so. It's really good and it shouldn't be missed. And what first episode back after a break would be complete without a live steving experience? Yay. So here is what Steve Brown had to say about Ready or Not. All right, Bacon Daphne, this is Steve and uh, Ready or Not, first episode of the new season. Ready or Not. <laughs> no, absolutely nothing about this movie. Oh, did they just shoot that guy with an arrow? 30 years later? Okay, so the guy with the beard is Daniel, not this guy who's with Samara Weaving. What kind of tradition is this? You have to play a game on your wedding night? Hide and seek? There's something in her drink. Okay, so I'm assuming this is what was happening at the beginning of the movie. They're handing out all these weapons, so they're going to try to find her and kill her. Annie McDowell just said that this has only happened once while she's been part of the family, so... Okay. Oh. And I just realized, is there no score? Because she just crawled out of the, the dumbwaiter and it seems like I'm hearing no music. Wh who just shot her? In the head. Emily just shot Clara. <laughs> Can you know your crossbow? Neil's legitimately trying to help her. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, is is what Clara, Emily, is she the only one that's going to kill people in this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Now the bride has a weapon. You need to load it, Grace. Come on. Dang, that sucks. The ammunition display only. Dang, killed in the dumbwaiter by the bride. <laughs> she's a little blonde twig. So she got outside. She's on ledge, and now she's dropped outside the window. So she's outside the house. Dude, the kid just shot her in the hand. Oh, I just knew she was going to do that with the nail that was sticking yeah. up through the hole in her hand. Oh, <laughs> epic miss. That was gruesome, getting out of the fence with the, oh. Wow, that's that's sad. The kids suffer because of what the parents, but that's what they taught them. Get him, Grace. Yeah. Oh, Justin, they're trying to kill her. They're watching. They're going to see her attack him. <laughs> I'm drunk, not blind. Yeah, I guess I missed something. I guess they got her from the car, and they're doing their ritual now. Get him, Grace, and burn it all down. Okay, no, this can't be the ending of this movie. Who? so he didn't kill her, and the sun's rising... Oh, all of them are exploding? Even the kids? Okay, Grace is the last woman standing. Whew. Okay, I have no idea where what I'm going to do to watch, to be able to go to bed tonight and sleep. But <laughs> wow, ready or not, here we go into the next season of Run For Your Lives. Awesome. That was so good, <laughs> Steve. I love that. I hope you did get sleep, Steve. I'm a little concerned that maybe you were up real late with this one. Some movies are like that. Yep. Yeah, some of them you just got to sit with. I, I highly recommend if you need something to get you back into a sleeping place. I always, always just throw on classic episodes of The Office. It's always a winner. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> For anyone out there who needs a little bit of, yeah, an idea on that. 
old, old school episodes of The Office, or even, I guess all of them are old episodes at this point. The show's been off the air for so long. So yeah, Office reruns, or just pick random episodes. That's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> so if you'd like to submit your feedback, like Alma, Damien, or Steve, you can do so at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcast. You can email us at runforyourlivespodcast at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Twitter at RFYL Podcast or message us on Instagram at Runs for Your Lives Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, tell your friends. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much all the other podcast players, including YouTube. Go to runforyourlivespodcast.com for all the links you'll ever need and give us a review on Apple Podcasts as that's the best way to share the love and get us out there even more. We really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course, speaking about sharing the love, go ahead and give a couple shout-outs to things going on in the podcast universe around us. My other podcast, Strange Indeed, has actually kind of been on a break almost as long as this one has, just about <laughs> the same. Me and Rima, you know, after we finished you, we know uh, Stranger Things is coming back in May, and we're definitely going to be on for Stranger Things uh, Season 4. But we've just been racking our brains, talking and being like, what are we going to cover? And we have just not been able to come up with anything. And after that marathon run that we had covering like three shows back to back to back, even like, over, you know, crossing or four shows, even um, it was just we're like, you know what? <laughs> a little hiatus, a little break is great there, too, before Stranger Things comes out in May. But that does not mean that there will not be anything going on on Strange Indeed, as our good friend Wendy, who you may know, has been talking Yellow Jackets with Daphne over on House Podcastica a lot uh decided to kind of pick up the mantle on strange indeed with some different uh friends and guests and me and rima might catch up and jump in with her at some point near the end of the season to do this uh back half of the final season of ozark so if you're a fan of ozark strange indeed will be there for you on that hosted by wendy and i'm i'm looking forward to that i, I kind of do want to just catch up on the show so i can listen to wendy talk about it and maybe even jump in on an episode or two if i get really into it so <laughs> <laughs> So be on the lookout for that. I don't know exact dates on when all that's kicking off exactly, but uh, stay tuned for sure. And I mentioned House Podcastica with the Yellow Jackets WTF podcast. Uh, you can find that either way. You can look up House Podcastica or it has its own podcast now, which is Yellow Jackets WTF. And where you can find Wendy and Daphne. And then this week they are joined by Anwin talking uh, uh, episode eight, Flight of the Bumblebee. Because you are doing your rewatch of the episodes you covered previously and really breaking it down, spoiler, full. How's that been going? It is going great. What we decided to do is bring in a few guests to talk about it with us and make sure that whoever was on the original like go-through of the episodes is not on this episode. So whoever covered Flight of the Bumblebee the first time around is not on this one. So it's getting some multiple opinions and we are taking into consideration everything we learned throughout this first season. It's been interesting to look at it through that lens. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I, was, I was even going to say like, oh yeah, that's the episode where, and I was like, wait, nope, I'm not spoiling it for people who haven't <laughs> watched it before. Although if you listen to this, it's very full of spoilers, but you can go back and listen to the previous episode they did on episode eight. If you haven't seen all of it, but yeah. Definitely lots of great Yellow Jacket stuff. Highly recommend checking out that show and coverage on it. Also, with House Podcastica and its own podcast, Jason has really split up things where it's easy to find House Podcastica, 
or Walking Dead cast to find a lot of things in an umbrella. But then it's always great if you just want a specific show to find that podcast, which is the Moon Knight cast as well, where him, Jason, and then Kirk Manley are covering Moon Knight on Disney+. Plus. I'm absolutely freaking loving that show. It is so good. Oscar Isaac is a goddamn treasure. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> he really is. That has been so much fun. So definitely check out their coverage of that. Panels to, uh, Panels to Pixels with Mark and Steve also covering Moon Knight as well. Their episodes are going up. And then The Walking Dead cast with Jason and Lucy just wrapped up their coverage of the second part of The Walking Dead season 11. So that is the final mid-season finale of The Walking Dead we're ever going to have. It's <laughs> it's a little hard to accept, right? Yeah, man, it is. But yeah, but I've, I've, been, I've been enjoying watching it and definitely having Jason and Lucy talking about it has been great. Don't know when the final eight episodes are going to air later this year, but hopefully we will know soon. But, you know, Walking Dead cast will st- uh, still be going every couple of weeks. I'm sure they'll be doing a couple of other, you know, fun episodes and different things. Fear's coming back soon. I don't think they're planning on covering it, though. So uh, <laughs> that's all right. But Tales of the Walking Dead, I think, starts in the summer, and they are going to cover that when that happens, I think. so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I want to see what they do with it. It's an interesting yeah. concept. And I I think it has potential. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And then uh, TV Podcast Industries. You know, check out their podcast. They are also covering Moon Knight currently right now and season two of Picard as it is running. And that's it. Other than we can go ahead and give you what we always do, our little teaser for what's happening next week right here on Run For Your Lives. So next week, we are going on vacation to the Santa Cruz Boardwalk with the Wilsons where they meet up with some confusingly familiar faces that maliciously intend to do them harm. We will be talking about Jordan Peele's 2019 film, Us. It's another great film starring the impeccable Lupita Nyong'o. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I know, we talked about this last season uh, when we covered uh, Little Monsters. I was like, I just need anything Lupita Nyong'o has done. She's amazing. And it's like, well, we can cover us. And so we did pretty soon, uh, yes. pretty quickly into this next season. We jumped right on it. Yes, we did. Yes, it's such a good movie. So definitely check that out and give us some feedback for next week on us. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. There's a lot to talk about with it. And with that, we've reached the end of another terrifying and fun episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Pake. And if you have to run... You better run for your lives. Uh, Bye-bye.